Bloodshed. That's what I thought of that first day. I walked from the train station toward the medieval city. How the hell could I not? Enough blood had been spilled in Toledo by Christians, Moors, Visigoths, and Romans to turn the muddy Tahoe River as red as a cardinal's robe. Just before me, on a bluff brooded the Moorish castle Servando. The crenellated towers had seen flesh cut and pierced and burned in the name of Allah, Christ, and Spain. Blood fused with the dust and mortar and ancient stone of not only the castle, but the town awaiting me just over El Cantara Bridge. Blood in the towers and tiled roofs, blood in the narrow streets winding through the clutter of shops and open markets, blood even in the cloisters. All the blood in the whole walled city cried out to me. I followed a maze of narrow streets through the town, stopping for directions at an outdoor cafe. The willowy young waiter eyed my habit shyly, stuttering as he explained where to find the monastery. I thought to myself what a nice fuck he would be. Bring me a glass of your house red wine, I said. Si, padre, he nodded obediently and trotted off. I set my satchel and suitcase on the ground near a table with an umbrella and took a seat. It was hard to believe the time had come. Continuity was the reason for the delay. All the years at the Salesian home for boys, college studies at the university where I lived with the Salesian community, then seminary training and ordination, it was all of a piece. The long, refectory tables, prayers of the divine office that punctuated the day, the small, scantily furnished cells, though in no way did I feel indebted to the Salesians. I'd never hated them like I'd hated the orphanage nuns in my earlier days. The Salesians didn't beat me with brushes or lock me in a closet or make me recite rosaries while the other inmates got fed. Their number never included a sadistic bitch like Sister Maria Rosario. She'd forced me to kneel for hours at a time with my hands extended in front of me as though I were a prisoner of war. She'd gotten off on inventing details of my parents' murder, for which she reminded me I'd been responsible because I was evil in God's sight. I'd cut out the rebelliousness fairly soon after arriving at the Salesian home for boys. Under its shelter came Savvy. I learned to check my rage and discovered a means to eventually vent it once and for all. That's when I formed the master plan. I needed the tools the monks could give me education, reputation, and above all, resoluteness and the discipline to sustain that plan over many years until I could finally recover the untroubled sleep I used to enjoy before the murder. Here you are, padre, the waiter lisped. He deposited the glass on the table clumsily, spilling a little on the white cloth. I'm sorry. That's all right, I said, smiling. I watched his tight round ass as they went to another table. Then closing my eyes, I sipped my wine and took a deep breath before pulling three folders out of my satchel. The first folder was thin. It contained handwritten descriptions and sketches of the two thugs who had killed my parents, while a third man, their boss, Martin Esteban, stood by with me, a seven-year-old, in his iron grip. The sketches were based on what I remembered as I struggled to free myself from Esteban. But my memories 
were supplemented by the sometimes distorted, sometimes horrifyingly vivid views granted me a nightmare after nightmare. I'd revised the descriptions for a year after moving to the home for boys, then forced myself to stop before my hatred contorted them beyond usefulness. One of the thugs was short and stocky. The sleeves of his blue shirt had been cut off from the shoulders, as if to free his muscular arms, one imprinted with a long tattoo of a cobra ready to strike. As the man straddled my mother, prone on her bedroom floor and pinned back her arms, I had noted his stupid, excited eyes, recessed beneath the brow of a huge, ugly guard dog, a mastiff.